Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, why don't you lift up your Bible? Let's take the word confession. One, two, shall we go? My Bible is the word of God. It is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, inspired in totality. I will read it true, write it down, pray it in, work it out, and then pass it on until I become a living proof of Zion where God dwells in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray one or two prayers with me. Declare me, Father, this morning, as I join faith with the brethren to hear your word, I ask, O God, that your word will profit me. In the name of Jesus, I overthrew every doubt. I overthrew every spirit that steals the word from my heart. I pray, Lord, that the word will be effective in my life. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. I want to pray finally, declare me, Father, in the name of Jesus, just as you open the heart of Lydia to hear your word and to receive it. Oh Lord, open my heart. May I receive your word in the name of Jesus, with humility, with simplicity, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice, send out into your prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Please take your seats. Welcome somebody to your left and your right to church and ask them what's up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ask them, you all right? <laughs> and if there's a space in front of you, I, I would love you to move forward. I don't like spaces. And you're all welcome to church. Amen. There's a seventh day of um, our Grace Explosion Festival. We've been on for the past seven days, meeting every evening and praying. If you're not coming, ask your neighbor, have you been coming? Ask them, what is your problem? I ask them, is there any particular problem why you are not coming? I ask them, ask them. In fact, ask them. I see some people, the two of them, they don't come, so they are very suspicious of them, so I don't know whether to ask. I say, ask, ask your neighbor, ask, is there any reason why you're not coming to pray? <laughs> we just read a, pre, a, a, a scripture today. It says, <laughs> in all things... By prayer and what? Supplication. With thanksgiving. 
So you need prayer, you need supplication, then you need what? Thanksgiving in addition. So that your requests will be made known unto God. So, so, so I ask them, what's up? <laughs> I ask them, is there a problem? Is there a problem? Is there a problem? Why you are not praying? I mean it, I mean it. I ask, 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 ask. Khadija, ask your mother, is there a problem why you are not coming to pray? Ask, 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 ask. ask. <laughs> Hallelujah. Prayer is very important. So, Alice, ask that stubborn girl. Is there a problem why she's not coming to pray? The guilty speaks louder. <laughs> the guilty speaks louder. <laughs> Amen. Uh, please do come. I will just encourage you to come. Come and pray. Don't, don't do okay for me. If you know what is good for you, you come and pray. <laughs> if you really, really know what is good for you, you will set your year right. Yeah, you will set your year right. You will. Where, where is that girl called Grace? She was seated by you. I know, no, she shouldn't be at the back. I want, I want to see her. I want to be seeing her. There, there is some. She's having monkey horns, so I want to clip cripple those horns. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's get to the word this morning. The word we want to look into today, I've titled it, um, God's giving is called grace. Hallelujah. Last week, we looked at Melchizedek, our Jesus. And we said Melchizedek is a type of Christ. In the Old Testament, Melchizedek appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 14. And the Bible said Abraham gave him tithe of all. The summary of all that preaching, we saw that Melchizedek still exists. He is Christ in heaven. Amen. The Bible says he neither has beginning or end of days. In other words, no mother, no father. And his priesthood is everlasting. So if it's everlasting, it means he ever exists forever. And in heaven, he is still there. He is in heaven as our Melchizedek, as our Christ. And what does he do? The Bible says that when Melchizedek is introduced into the equation, it proves that Christ lives, or it proves that he resurrected. And we said that when we take the communion, Jesus said, do this as often as you can to show my death. So when we take the communion, it is to show the death of Christ. Um... And when we take the communion or we give the tithe, it is to what? Show that he lives. So when we exchange with our tithe, it's a proof that he lives. And when we take the communion, it's a proof that he died. Hallelujah. 
So the fight is a proof that Jesus resurrected. Is a proof that Jesus resurrected. Pat, I don't like where you are sitting. You are not ushering, are you? So come forward. You are too late to be an usher. So come forward. There's a hole there. Yeah, there's a seat there. Is somebody sitting where the bag is? Um, by you, Eunice. Uh, sit there. You are not an usher today, so sit there. Mm. So Philippians chapter 4, the verse number 16 to 18. Philippians 4, 16 to 18. The scripture says, For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. I want us to take note of the word necessity or my wants or the things I need, my need. The seventh thing says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So anytime we give, it is to abound to our account. And what kind of account is that? It's a spiritual account. It's not a physical account. Amen. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again, not once, once and what? Again. So it's not something that is done one, once, one off. It's something that is done once and again. Not because I desire give, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So Paul is saying the reason for giving is for fruit to our account. Verse 18 says, but I have all and abound. He says, I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. So things were sent from the church to him through Epaphroditus, a guy called Epaphroditus, which were sent from you an order of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, pleasing to God. A sacrifice acceptable. Pleasing to God. Then verse 19, he prayed a prayer for them. He says, but my God shall supply all your need, that's your necessities, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Or according to his inexhaustible riches. Wonderful. Let's go to the book of First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, I beg your pardon, chapter three, verse eight to ten. Second Thessalonians, chapter three, verse eight to ten. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. So Paul is saying or setting a tone there that when I preach to you, I don't have to charge. I don't charge for preaching. And I don't charge for the work I do in the ministry. That is an admonition to a pastor that there under no circumstance should a pastor charge for preaching. Amen. Or charge for praying for you. I know some of you like collecting. I mean, there, there is no reason there's no reason to, to it says, freely have you give, freely have you received, freely must you what? Give. So when it comes to the work of the pastor, the pastor must not charge for praying for you. 
Okay, bring consultation fee. Put 100 pounds and put it at the secretary's desk before you come in. No, no. Courses are not chargeable to anybody. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. So we follow Paul as he follows Christ. He says, follow me as I follow what? Christ. Those of you that like going to places where you have to take charge, take money. I don't know where that kind of anointing is coming from, but uh, it's questionable. Because that's not what the scripture teaches. Amen? Great. Verse 10. It says, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So he encourages them that you must work. And in the beginning of Paul's ministry life, he worked. He worked for some time until the time when it was now possible for the church to support him from place to place. Then, of course, they supported him. But until then, he started what? Tent making in the beginning. Since for we hear that there are some, um, some which work among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. In other words, when you are in the church, you must work. The reason for working is so that it prevents you from being a busybody. You know who a busybody is? Who gets into everybody's affair? Hey, what, what's happened there? Okay, what's that? If, if you are not working, you become a busybody because you have too much time at your disposal to be a gossip, to get into meddle into people's affairs. So he says, those in the church are encouraged to work and not be lazy. That doesn't also mean that there may be circumstances that may not allow certain people to work at certain points in time. Either maybe they are sick or maybe they are on paternity leave like that young man there um, nursing his uh, son. <laughs> or, or something like that. Okay, so there's a period. Or pregnant. No, no, no. Pregnancy does not ex exclude you from not working. You must work. You must work. Because you'll be lazy and you have problem pushing the baby out. So you, you need to work. And when you are pregnant, it's not an excuse to be sick. Yeah, because pregnancy is not sickness. Amen. Uh, it's an anointing to receive seed and produce seed. Hallelujah. So I discharge you from staying at home under all kinds of circumstances and not coming to pray. Come and pray. She's trying to give excuse why she's not coming to church to pray. You need prayer, you. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul is saying, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. Or we didn't eat anybody's. We don't come collecting people's money. You know, there, 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 those days when we were growing in ministry, you wouldn't want to be a pastor because there were some, some pastors that specialized in visiting you every Monday, every Tuesday. They have houses they have distributed. This Monday I'm here because he knows he will get breakfast from this one. He will get lunch there. He will get pocket money at the other one, so he would be visiting. He says, I just came to pray for you. No, no, no. Pray in the temple for me. No, don't come to my house to pray for me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Luke chapter 6. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, verse 28. So I'm just giving you um, certain principles concerning life in general and why we must give. Giving, um, we've titled, is called what? Grace. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6 verse 28. It says, bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. 
that will stop a lot of prayer meetings because we like killing the enemy. Jesus says that <laughs> bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Verse 29 it says, and unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak forbid not to take thy cloth coat. Forbid not to take thy cloth coat also. So, so can we try that? No, no, please. Please, I don't want trouble this morning. <laughs> Let's just get on. <laughs> it says when it is done. So it's not done yet. So we will not, we'll not practice this one. <laughs> then it says, give to every man that asketh of thee. So Jesus is saying, when somebody asks you something, if it's within your power, give. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. Wow. In other words, don't expect it back. <laughs> now, this is Jesus speaking. <laughs> Jesus, the grace of God. <laughs> this is what he is talking about when it comes to giving. <laughs> eh? You want my chin? God punish the devil. <laughs> I start biting devils this morning. <laughs> That's a nice thing, though. It's a nice thing. It was a gift to me as well. So, okay, maybe. <laughs> and as ye would that men would should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. 32. <laughs> For if ye love them which love you, what tank? The word tank there is the same word for grace. Charis. Grace in the Greek means charis. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. In other words, when it comes to the grace of God, grace gives the other the advantage. Grace carries means unconditional giving. Grace carries means giving not expecting back. Grace, charis, means unconditional love. Grace, charis, simply means that God gave, not expecting anything back. And he says that graceful, there is what is called graceful giving. That is when you give, not expecting back. Hallelujah. Not what? Expecting back. Not expecting back. And that will bust a lot of theologies tonight. Um, this, uh, I don't know why I keep saying tonight. Night, night, night. Mor morning. Morning. Because I, I think I've been seeing too much of light, isn't it? <laughs> it says, if ye do good to them, which do good to you, what thank have ye? Because sinners also do the same. In other words, for you to be children of grace, then it says, and if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? Or what grace is in that? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. In other words, he's saying that the mindset of the sinner or the mindset of the world when it comes to giving is anything they give, they want it back. 
How many of us watch Dragons Den? I love that program. If you have entrepreneurial mind, you should like Dragons Den. That's where you should go. A lot of Christians should be watching that. Uh, yeah, it, it will help you to know that when you invest money, you must get returns. <laughs> yeah. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? Because that's what the world expects. The world system is, I give, I must get back. So many a times when it comes to giving in the house of God, I'm trying to balance what I preached last week. When it comes to giving in the house of God, most of the time we give expecting to receive back quickly. Or expecting to receive back. And that is called lottery. You put in one pound. You spin. Thousand pounds. You've won. No. Jesus says that when it comes to our Father in heaven, the way our Father gives is unconditionally. Our Father's giving is unconditional. Who is the best example of giving? God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, when he was given to the world, we were, you were not born again with your holy self now. You were not born again. He said, whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, you were a sinner when Christ died. He did not die because you were born again. No. Or because you were a good person. No. He died for everybody. But if you don't know that he died for you and take advantage of why he died and that he died for you, then you will not enjoy the benefit of salvation. So you are saved now because you came to understand because somebody preached the gospel to you and you believed that Christ died for you and you accepted it and you became born again. Hallelujah. So of course Christ died for everybody, but some will still go to hell. Why would they go to hell? Because they will not believe in him. They will not receive him, so they will go to hell. So it's the same way God, when giving, he gave to everybody. Everybody. Romans chapter 8, the verse number 32. Romans 8, 32. He says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. So God wants to give us all things. God is happy to give us all things. But for him to give us all things. <laughs> he says that the first example is in how he gave his son. He did not spare his son. In other words, he did not hold back his son. He was not stingy with his son. He gave his son. And because he gave his son, he can also what? Give us all things. And how will he do it? Freely. Not with a charge. Freely. 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 Wow. If that is the case, then let's look at what Christian giving is and why we give what we give. So, John chapter 1, the verse number 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son, 
full of grace, which is truth. When God gave us, what God gave was called grace. Jesus, the grace of God. God gave us what? Grace. So if God gave us grace, Jesus has taught us as well that in giving, we must give graciously. In giving, we must give what? Graciously. And what does that mean? It means giving without a condition. Giving without expecting back. The verse number 16 of John says, And of his fullness, fullness of what? Of that grace, have we all received grace for grace. We have received grace for grace. We have received grace for grace. So the word grace there is used for unconditional generosity. The ability to dispatch of what you have without consciousness of necessities. Good. If that is the case, and if that is how Jesus taught grace, now let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. We'll start from the verse number 1. It says, For us touching the ministering to the saints, so we have already established that when it comes to gracious giving, you don't benefit from the giving. It is a person receiving that benefits. Amen. So when I'm giving to you, it is you that is receiving that benefits. True of us. Yeah, yeah. That's what is called gracious giving. And you are not necessarily expecting a return. You are just giving because of generosity. Or the heart of grace. Just like our father in heaven. Jesus put it this way. He says. If you do not forgive others. As your father in heaven has forgiven you. Then you are liable to face judgment. In other words. We, 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 we are. We, we says forgive others as God in heaven has also what? Forgiven you. So we are held responsible for unforgiveness. It's the same thing with giving. When it comes to giving, we are the ones that must give. Just like our father, he's a giver. And he gave graciously. And the first gift he gave us was called grace, Jesus Christ. The grace of God. And he died unconditionally. Can you imagine if when Jesus got to the cross, he says, look, I came myself. I decided to die. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he actually contemplated it. He was looking at the cost. He said, is this thing worth it? Then he started sweating. The Bible says his sweat became like blood. Then he started praying and binding the devil. Because he, he has gotten to the point where he could decide not to give himself. And everybody would have still remained in sin. Or to give himself. Then he prayed the prayer. Not my will, oh God, 
but your will be done. That was the only time he was able to give himself. He could have said, I'm not going. I brought myself. It's me. I brought myself from heaven. I'm not doing it anymore. Please, daddy, I'm coming home. Why should he go through all the problem? Being beaten, spat upon, slapped. Then at the end, I mean, they, they pierced him with a spear. Beat him until he was not, he was unrecognizable. He was, he became a, a clot of blood. He could have said, I won't do it. But he did. Why? Grace. Somebody say grace. grace. So God's principle of giving is called grace. Now, if you don't understand this, when you give in the house of God, you'll be giving like the unbelievers, thinking, God, why am I giving and not getting anything back? No. He says, when you give, give like your father. Be gracious. Be generous. Do it as if your father, the way your father would do it. Many of us have turned God into a lottery machine. I'm sowing this so that God will do that. But that's not what Jesus taught. All right, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For as touching the ministering to the saints, or as touching giving to the saints, can we read it from the New Living Translation, please? Or the good news, any of them will be fine for me. It says, I really don't need to write to you about the ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. The believers in Jerusalem had needs. They had necessity. For I know how eager you are. Don't be too fast in rolling, okay? Just because I want to explain the scriptures. So, he said that believers in Jerusalem had need. So, the reason why we give is to meet needs. Somebody say needs. Yeah, yeah. We give to meet needs. And that is very important. That is how Christian generosity is taught. Christian generosity is taught on the basis of need. That others have need that needs to be met. Or that there are needs that I have identified that I must meet. And God gives us the opportunity to be the ones to meet those needs. So Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So the blessing is in the giving, not the receiving. But he did also not teach against receiving. I want to balance it. In Luke 6, 38, that we read, don't change, okay? It says, give and it shall be given back unto you, good measure, Pressed down, shaking together, shall men give unto your bosom. So there is the place for receiving when you give. But our attitude towards giving should not be on receiving. It should be on giving. Give, give, and give. 
For I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you, are, you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. So when he talks about the giving, he's not talking about goats and cows. He's talking about offerings. An offering there is talking about money. Amen. He's talking about money. So what he needed to give to the people. So somebody's asking, if I must give, what must I give? Should I give a car? Should I give a house? Should I give a land? Should I give, uh, what should I give? Give anything that is equivalent to money. Amen. So what must we give as Christians? We give food. We give basic necessities of life. We're not giving so that somebody will go and buy an expensive car. No. Even though if it's within your means, of course you can do that. But we are giving so that everybody can have their needs met. So, for example, in the Acts of Apostles, when they gathered to give, the Bible said that everybody sold what they had and they did not bring their lands. They brought the money of what they sold. Like Ananias and Sapphira, when they sold their land, they brought part of the money. Even though they came to the church, hallelujah, God has laid on our heart that we will sell our land and bring all the money. Now, the problem was not the quarter or the amount they brought. The problem was that they came to lie. If you want to bring quarter, bring quarter. If you want, the reason is that whatever you give is yours. It's within your power to do. Amen. So that's why when it comes to giving, you are not forced to give. You must never be forced to give. Anybody that forces you to give, that giving is wrong. It's not how the Bible teaches giving. So we give willingly. They came and said we'll give. Peter asked them, when you decided to give, was it not your land? He said, yes. When you sold it at that point, was it still not your land? He said, yes. So why then have you lied to the Holy Ghost that you will bring full and you brought part? It is not me you lied to. You lied to the Holy Ghost. So many a times, so when it comes even to giving, our giving is, is spiritual. It's connected to the Holy Spirit. But what did they give? They sold their properties. So what can you give as a Christian? You can give your car key, you can give your land, you can give your television, but give it in money form. I.e., for example, you may say, okay, I don't have anything to give. There is nobody that doesn't have anything to give. You always will have something to give. Sometimes it may be something that you have that is not in money form that can be translated into what? Money. Sell. Maybe your watch your iPad or something or your shoe or your glasses. <laughs> you can see. <laughs> For I know how eager you are to help and I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you, are, you in Greece were ready. When it comes to giving, you must have a readiness of mind to give. To send an offering a year ago in fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. 
which means that when you give, it inspires others. Our Christian generosity has the ability to inspire others to also what? Give. The reason why we give is to cause others to become excited about giving. So giving is important. And gracious giving is undergirded by generosity. And a mind ready to give. Verse uh, 3. But I'm sending these brothers to be sure you really are ready. As I have been telling them. And that your money is all collected. So I told you, anything you have to give must be in monetary form. Now somebody says, okay, in the Old Testament when they used to give tithe, they used to give cows and goats. And okay, the New Testament is telling us that it must be money. Amen. So when we give, so I'm also bringing a goat. To church to come and give us offering. No. Or I'm bringing my old television to come and give. No. Sell it. Bring the money. Whatever value it is, is yours. So whatever you want to give out of it, you do. And you do it what? Willingly. Don't bring the old television. Now we are wondering where would, where would we take it to? No charity home even wants it. Because the TV is so broken, it is too broken. But I'm sending these brothers to be sure you really are ready. So when it comes to giving, we must be ready. We must plan ahead. Giving is based on planning. That's why it's your money. You decide what you want to do with it. Praise God. And that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. He was boasting about them. He says, look, when the guys come, please don't do me don't disgrace me. Or don't do me what they call yawa. You know yawa? <laughs> it's a slang. It's a tongue. I'll interpret after service. Verse 4. <laughs> don't disgrace me. Verse 4 it says, We will be embarrassed not to mention your own embarrassment. If some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready after all I had told them. <laughs> Verse 5. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure. So I'm sending the brothers to tell you, inform you. Please, um, come 13th, we are going to do a special offering. Please, package. So that when we come, when, when, so the brothers were sent to organize. So that when he comes and he's coming with the Macedonia, he will not be disgraced. So Paul, Paul even knew. So what was Paul addressing? Paul was addressing the greed in the heart of man. A man can say I will do and will not do. It was exactly what was being taught in that Luke 6 that we read. Jesus was addressing greed, not necessarily giving. Because greed says, when I give, what is it in it for me? So I thought I should send, okay, blah, 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 blah. it's okay, to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift. When we give to God, it must be willing. Do it willingly. Not because you are forced. Do it what? Willingly. 
When you do it willingly, it shows that you are generous. Your generosity makes you do it without being forced. Not one giving grudgingly. Verse 6. Remember, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I want to explain this. This is very, very important. Now, the King James puts it this way. He that sows sparingly will what? Will also reap sparingly. And they that sow what? Bountifully. Now, the word bountifully means something that is worthy of praise. So, bountiful giving is giving that is worthy of what? Praise. While sparring giving, <laughs> the real meaning of sparring giving is unwillingness to give. <laughs> Stinginess. So it says, the farmer that has seed, that decides that I will just plant a few. When it comes to harvest time, he would get few. Why? Because he is stingy. The original Greek means bountifully is actually somebody that does it what? That it will show praise. Something that is worthy of praise. You will understand in a moment when we get on. Please go back to New Living Translation, please. So it says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. So when it comes to giving, decide. For example, in every month, you can decide that, look, in my offering, in my giving, I will be giving maybe 10, 10 pounds, or maybe 50, 50 pounds, or maybe 5, 5 pounds, or maybe 3, 3 pounds, or maybe 30, 30 pounds. At the end of the day, it is your money. Amen? It's your money. It's nobody's money. Nobody forces you. But you must prepare and make a decision. Don't, don't get to church and now say, oh, I forgot my card out. You know why we got a card machine? Because people, ah, I forgot my card out. So we made it very easy. So it's called innovation and forward thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we made the card machine. It made it so difficult for me when I go to other churches and they don't have card machine. I have a problem because I don't carry cash on me. I just carry card. I swipe. So that one, there is no excuse. So technology has even made giving very, very easy. So, so you won't come and say, oh, it's all pretense. You know you are stingy. You don't want to give. So you say, I forgot my card at home. So we decide to, in fact, in fact, we should increase the card. The card machine. I will add the other one in the office. So it makes the giving very fast. Yeah, fast. Fast and swift. Contactless. 10 pounds. Okay. You don't even give more than 10 pounds. So the, the 10 pounds. Okay. Be giving more than 10 pounds. And when you give, just, just bring it close to it. You don't need to punch your, your pin. We don't need your pin. Just bring it. All of them are contactless. Just bring it close to collect. Amen. And so he says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. How much is very important. When it comes to giving, how much you give is important. It's not the amount that is important, but the generosity of your heart. How willing you are to give that much you want to give. 
Not that you give 10 and you went home. Hey, God, why did I even give 10? You be scratching. Hey. No. It is not balancing. <laughs> and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't be pressured to give. Okay, everybody born on Friday. All of them are bringing 10, 10 pounds. So Friday bonds. Okay, the Saturday bonds. Because you are the following, the following day, you are all bringing 12, 12 pounds. Okay, come. No, no, no. Don't, don't give under pressure. Give what? Willingly. Be generous. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Lee, it is well, eh? It is well. <laughs> it is well. Verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. He says, when you are generous, God also makes sure that he provides for you so that you will continue your generosity. There is nobody that gives that lacks. The people that don't, that lack a lot, they are the ones that don't give. Oh, I've seen that. I've practiced it. The people that are always asking, they never have. Have you noticed that? The poor every month, please, can you just adjust me with one pound or adjust me two pounds. And some of them will use style every time they don't have something to give. Or oh, adjust me with five pounds. Let me be moving. You keep collecting. <laughs> it says, and God will generously provide all you need. So if you make up your mind that I'm going to be a giver and this is how much I want to do. The Bible says God will make sure that he gives you what it takes to meet those needs. To be generous. Then you will always have everything you need. And plenty left over to share with others. So you see, when it comes to what you have, it is for sharing. It's for sharing. Many of us hoard, hoard, hoard. We keep, keep, keep. And, and you are, the thing too you are keeping, you, are not, you don't have. Hmm? You've kept until you are you yourself, your, your life is kept. <laughs> God punish the devil. Verse 9. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. I've thought on that already, that when it comes to the poor, what we give is called what? Arms giving. And you do it in secret. So that's just another part of it. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to the eater. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So when... You see, when you want to be a giver, you must make a decision. I want to be a giver. Then he says, God will then provide for you enough to sow. So that in the sowing, you reap more. And then be able to what? To give more. So he says, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. And then produce a great harvest of generosity. So the harvest is not harvest of collecting. Take note. It's harvest of what? Generosity. So God gives you more so that you'll be able to what? Give more. 
It's not harvest of what you get. Harvest of generosity giving. We have turned it the other way around. Harvest of more. No. It says God gives you more because he wants to trust you with more. Anytime it comes to giving, it's an issue of honor and trust. Can God trust you? He says, he that is not faithful in little, Jesus said, he that is not faithful in another man's. For example, you work for somebody, you always go late. And he that is not faithful in money, who shall commit unto you the true riches? Little things, how do you value them? You start little. But when you are faithful in starting little, God gives you opportunity to be able to do more. But if you don't start little, you are stingy even with the little. You will not have more to give. And you find out very soon, the level where you are, you remain there. Those that started from behind will bypass you. We saw the testimony of Victoria that came here. Victoria brought to my office a, a can of, you know those cans where they put yellow, yellow, brown, brown coins? Yeah, piggy bank. Brought, in fact, it was, it was passes appreciation. All she could have to give me was that piggy bank. I never counted it for more than three years. It was on my, <laughs> one day I, t- I think I told them, take it to the bank. <laughs> I don't even know what to make with it. It was there on my desk for three years. But for that three years, I was praying for a God, give her an opportunity. She moved from no work, joblessness, on benefit, couldn't read, write, was, this, this, is it dyslexic? Cannot write, they write the other way around. <laughs> from there to getting job to the point where she could, and she said she came, she, and that's why I like fresh believers. I don't like all these old, old, old thinking, old, old school believers. You've been in church for too long. Nothing has ever changed you. The word of God never changes you, never transforms you. She came, she, the first time she came, she heard of Titan. She started Titan on those pennies. She said she was believing God to be able to tithe more. To the point, I think before she left church, she was able to tithe at least 100 pounds, was, 100 pounds plus was her tithe. Which means she started earning in the essence of the thousands from pennies. It's possible with anybody. Oh, when we talk about the fight, it's like, it's, uh, oh, no. And some of you two are so stubborn. You sit here, every problem you have, you bring it for me to pray for you. Then you send your tie to somebody else somewhere. Are you all right? You're not all right. You are sick. You're sick, man. When you need emergency care, your pastor comes and prays for you. Then when you need to send a tithe, you send it to somebody in some village somewhere because they need it more. Who told you they need it more? God called them there. God will supply for them there. I need the tithe as well here to do the work of God. Stop that nonsense. I bind that spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stop that spirit. I stop it now. Fire burn the devil. (laughs) Fire burn the devil. I I don't even understand that nonsense. I don't even know where. I don't even get it. Some people have some special prophets. They have to call them, call them family prophets. Uh, 
um, um, friend prophets, all kind of prophets. They have to be praying and sending special seed. Stop that nonsense. God has given you a prophet in the house. You are calling somebody somewhere. He's a contractor. He's collecting charge for the prayer he's praying for you. If he's not collecting charge, he says, oh, your seed has not, he will call. This, your seed has been long in coming these days. So. When have I ever called you to ask you your seed has been coming long? Whether you give or you don't give, the work of God is going on. I mean, we don't, we don't force anybody to do it. But I need to teach you the truth. So that's why I'm teaching you this. <laughs> Whether you give, you don't give, the work continues. And some people, too, because we do, they don't want us to know whether they have been tightened or not tightened, they will never come for it for me to pray for them. But you see, when it comes to the tithe, the Bible talks about when you bring the tithe, take it to the Levite. And let the man of God pray a prayer for you over your tithe. I was, oh, okay, I don't want to come for it because I don't, the day I don't do it, I don't want them to know I didn't do it. Nobody cares. You can do it once, you can do it twice. I don't care. But you see, you need a blessing. The blessing is not important, not the money. Not the money. Not the money. You are too poor if your mind is just on money. There is something the blessing will do for you, money can never do for you. Hashtag, something is wrong. <laughs> and when you don't tithe, you are proving that God. Christ does, is not living. He's still dead. And the Bible says that if Christ did not resurrect, we are of all men most miserable. There is no hope. But we have hope. Yeah, we have hope in Christ. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to the eater. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So God gives you opportunity to have more so that you'll be able to what? give more. If you didn't have a job and God gave you a job, you know why God gave you that job? So that you'll be able to what? To give more. Who then do we give to? First, you give to believers, them of the household of faith. The Bible talks about they sent the resources to what? To, what do we call it? To the church in Jerusalem. Then, of course, you give to the needy around you. Then you give to your parents. Some of you don't know how to give to your parents. You are very sick. There are certain prayers your, prayer, your father and mother will pray for you. Not even your pastor will pray for you. And some of you cannot give to your in-laws. You're also very sick. Your mother-in-law, bless her. Call your father-in-law, bless her. Call your mother. Say, mommy, you don't need it, but take. Some of your mother doesn't need it. Your father doesn't need it. They are too rich. But still, he send them 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Say, buy top-up card, something. It's a symbol. You, you are doing something that will perpetuate your blessing. The Bible says that <laughs> talks about two parents in the Bible. It says, honor thy father and thy mother that it will be well with you. Then it says, honor thy father and thy mother in the Lord. Some of you two don't know how to bless your pastors. I'm your father here. Bless me. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. My birthday, you go and buy only one, one cake, 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 and bring me. You give it to your pastor. It's, it's, it's a blessing for you. <laughs> you don't know how far. Your pastor that's preaching the word to you, man, morning, afternoon, evening. You know, see this, see this grace, explo- uh, grace explosion. 14 days, every day I'm preaching. You, you are fasting, you are there. I can see some of your face. <laughs> Me, I'm preaching. I'm preaching with power. Releasing grace over your life. Prophesying to your life. You think, when I get home, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> oh God, help me. <laughs> the other day I got home, I realized that some blisters were forming at the top of my mouth. Because of pressure of the body. And pressure, I put pressure, I'm preaching. And you see how I preach. This today I'm very cool because I don't want to stress myself. (laughs) Let me not kill myself before my time. I'm a young man. (laughs) Praying for you. Canceling things. Rhoda gave me a very good testimony yesterday. She ran ran to come and sit by... uh, uh, no, no, no. I think it was Celine that was coming. Celine didn't have a partner. Yeah. Those of you that don't come, we pray in partners. <laughs> so, as I think when we're praying, I did mention that I want God to intervene. We had even finished praying. I said, no, I want God to intervene in uh, any of her siblings, and including those that the mother is looking after. I think I did mention that specifically. And he said, right after the service, I think the mother texted her and said, um, one of the ladies that was with them almost died. So you think that that one will happen by just happy chance. That's why if you don't come, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm prophesying, releasing things into the life of people. And every day I give it bit by bit. I don't give fool because I want people to keep coming. So even if I see, I won't tell you today. I will wait tomorrow. Come, I'll tell you. Hmm? And I have a word for Khadija's mom, but unless you come for the fasting, I won't tell you. Fasting prayer, I won't tell you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you better be here. <laughs> oh my God. It's very important. It's very important. People are having testimonies. The other day we, work, we clap for, please clap for Marie. My daughter is going. Marie is going. Marie is going. She, she said she was wanted to come for fasting prayer. Then some demons held their hands. She was like paralyzed. I think I gave the testimony here. Paralyzed. Did you want to come? And please clap for Dr. Ejiri. I want him to come. Clap for him. This week he's coming. And clap for the wife as well, Eunice. This week he is coming. I said 2019. I'm not mentioning names. But Dr. Ajiri, you are coming. <laughs> I have a word for you. Yeah, if, you, if you come, I will get a word for you. I'll tap into the supernatural. I'll get a word for you. Uh, yeah, he's his own. If he comes consistently to Wednesday, Wednesday I'll give him a word. Sure word. But if he delays, he mixes it somehow. 
I will, uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm the one that is prophesying. So the word, when it comes, I keep it. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't give it free of charge. Unless it's life-threatening, then that one I will, I will deal with it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this season, I've entered into my prophetic office. I have entered with an eagle's eye. There is nothing I will pray for you that will not work. Yeah, God told me, so I'm telling you. So if you like miss, you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. By the time we finish the 14 days, and you, you better come. Verse 11, let's end there. I think I've preached enough. We can close now. <laughs> when, when the things start entering into, get calling people's name, then the thing is going somewhere. So I, I think I need to end it now. <laughs> Dr. Banson, make sure you bring your wife to come and pray. Hmm? You're the priest of your home. <laughs> bring your wife. Your wife... Yeah, is pregnant and is in critical, needs critical prayer at this season. Yeah? Don't be sitting there. <laughs> yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So that you can, how many, how many times will you be generous? Always. But if you are not, it says you will be made rich. I prophesy to somebody, may God give you riches. Yeah. May God give you money. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So the reward for your giving is thanksgiving. Thank you. That's all you need. <laughs> Nothing else. If you read the verse 12, see, see what the verse 12 says. It says, so two things will result or two things will be your reward from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, number one. So when you give, you meet the needs that are there. For example, when you come to church, learn to what? Give. Because there are needs that need to be met. Yeah, yeah. Lights need to be paid. Heating, very expensive, you know. This place needs to be taken care of. You understand that? Uh -huh. So when you come to church, don't come with the mindset that, oh, somebody else will do it. No, no, no. God wants you to do it. So that he will use you to increase your resources to be able to do more. So two things will result when the needs of the people are met. And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. They will say, oh, thank God that you gave me Agnes to be a blessing to me. Amen. Or thank God that you gave me Charles to be a blessing to me. Amen. And that's why this week he's coming for the prayer meeting. Amen. Hallelujah. Charles is coming. And Alima is bringing him. <laughs> well, we have ended the preaching. The preaching is ended. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, this is how church is supposed to be exciting. You know? You're supposed to be happy when you come to church. Praise the Lord. So, well, this year, 2019, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you these things because God wanted me to teach you. I, I was very reluctant to teach about giving today because... I have too much revelation to teach about than giving. But God said I should teach it because some of you still haven't gotten it yet. And some of you are still struggling to understand what it means to give. Not just giving to church, even giving to the needy around you. Some of us, our heart needs to be moved. 
your heart is too hard. When even God is moving on you to give, you're like, no, no. You see, Satan will never ask you to give in church. How many of you know that? Yeah. So anything that speaks to your mind, give this amount in church, is God. The Holy Spirit wants to test your heart if he can trust you. Please send the machine around. So we are giving now. Hallelujah. Send the machine and send the envelopes. Please, let's prepare our offerings. Um, it doesn't mean if you don't have, be under, nobody's under pressure. Okay? If you don't have, by all means, don't worry. Another time, God will give you opportunity to give. But if you have, prepare your offerings. Let's give to the Lord tonight. Um, this, why tonight? Why am I using this night-night business? Let's prepare as we give. We'll give our tithes. We'll give our offerings um, this morning. Father, we bless the communion in Jesus' name. And we are praying after the service so that we don't have to come back in the evening. So right after the service, the prayer will start. And you don't 